The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. I should be working out more. I should be working out. What I'm saying, what I'm actually saying is I'm not working out and I'm feeling shameful about it. And this is a way of me subtly shaming myself. It's not that we want to judge the should or shouldn't. We also want to point out when you use that terminology or those words, you're programming your brain in a certain way. And that means that you will not change something. Because once you feel shame or guilt around a certain thing, that tends to reinforce itself. The statement becomes more powerful when it's carried with emotion mm. because it's you're you're kind of embodying it that's the way we kind of move away from self-acceptance even it's a wonderful chaos solo or tandem we work to find rest and fight to find peace And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos. We are going to be discussing shoulds and shouldn'ts. And deleting those words from your vocabulary. And I think. What happens when you say, I think, before every sentence, and how does that program your brain in a way that doesn't allow you to do certain things and kind of makes life a little bit more challenging? I think we should start the show. Welcome to Wonderful Chaos. So you actually picked this subject, and and I know we've done the training also where we talked about this, Yep. but where did this, like I want to ask you personally, where did this first come up in your life and when did you realize that there's a mechanism that is not kind of sustainable when we when it comes to communicating you know there's a one of the really nice things about the work i do you know it's funny because most people don't even know i have a real job and the work allows me to interact with people a lot and when i'm interacting with people what i'm often doing is i'm trying to get to the essence of the challenge that they're going to face in different work environments. Yeah. And it's often easy, as strange as it might sound, to anticipate what a person's challenge will be only within the first few moments of meeting them because of the language they use. Yeah. I hear you there. The thing that that drew me to this show was that I was walking on my my seven-day hike up the west coast of the Netherlands, and I had a friend join me. And and as we were walking, this individual kept saying, I should do that. I think. Oh, yeah. And then and then as we were walking, like I I heard myself hearing him say this, knowing that once he was using this vernacular, these words, he was programming himself to stay in uncertainty. Let me just tune into that. Yeah. I should be da 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 da. I should be da 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 da. What so what? so actually there's a judgment towards myself for not doing something. Hundred percent. As soon as you say so, I should, so, what's the implication of I should? So in my body, as I said that, it 
started creating a lot of tension. Yep. Especially in my chest. <clears throat> I should. Like there's a pressure. I should. It's quite a yeah. forced forced word. I should. I should be working out more. I should be working out. What I'm saying, what I'm actually saying is I'm not working out and I'm feeling shameful about it. And this is a way of me subtly shaming myself. So someone that lives by just with that statement actually is stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they can't find the inner motivation to do what they need to do. So they're just in a kind of runt. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming the same for I shouldn't. Yeah. There's more guilt. I, I'm doing something, but I shouldn't be doing it. So there's yeah, guilt. There's guilt. Instead of just fully owning and embracing. Yeah. Okay, nice. The, the reason I slowed you down is because up until now, I couldn't, I was trying to, oh, what, what can I bring into the show? And I realized if I don't feel it, how it feels, then I can't say what the consequences are. Now I, I'm more clear with it. This is a bigger, what just happened just now is much bigger than the show that we're now doing. I want you to know that. Oh, what, in what way? So by you um, slowing me down just now, what I saw you doing, you know, I'm, this is, I'm like a fish in water talking about this. Yeah. It just, it's so kind of in me that I just rush through it and I don't slow it down. You took responsibility. Like you'll see me do sometimes when I slow someone down for me so that I can ground in their words and it's not me listening to them, it's me feeling it. Mm. And if I feel it, then I can articulate it as well as they can articulate it like you just did. Nice. So what you said actually helped me understand something because you slowed us down. Yeah. And you said, Andy, when I use I should or should it, shouldn't, it's often associated with blame or guilt. Oof, that's pretty uh, heavy. Yeah. I don't know. In our time together, I don't imagine you've heard me say I should or shouldn't all that much. Have you? I don't. I, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I should work out. <laughs> no, no. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You've never seen me say that, right? No, no, no. What do I say? I can't tie my shoelaces. <laughs> exactly. 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 And so it's, the, it's an observation without judgment towards me. Or anything. It's like, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good key performance indicator. <laughs> if I can't tie my shoelaces, there's something there that needs to change. And, then, and, and he laughs about it. <laughs> yeah. And then I enjoy it. But so there is no should or shouldn't around it. Mm. There's no guilt. I didn't live a year as I was gaining weight. I just was like, oh, apparently this is where I am right now. It's okay. You're doing pretty good right now. I'm huh? feeling great right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But the, the point being is that it's not, it's not that we want to judge the should or shouldn't. We also want to point out when you use that terminology or those words, you're programming your brain in a certain way. And that means that you will not change something. And you, it, it, because once you f- feel shame or guilt around a certain thing, that tends to reinforce itself. It's, it's a statement becomes more powerful when it's carried with emotion mm. because it's, you're, you're kind of embodying it, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way we, that's the way we kind of move away from self-acceptance even. We should, I should work out more. I should eat better. I shouldn't eat this. I shouldn't eat Help. That. I shouldn't eat this. <laughs> uh, 
Bodelang. Hey, Bodelang. Bodelang says, language is the same as a computer language. It can limit or allow you to flourish. Yeah. Nice. I would agree. And we have a face from the past, Natalie. Oh, Natalie. She's the one that helped us find the name. She is. Natalie, we're forever grateful. She was on one of our first five shows. Yeah. And all she said was, thank you, guys. I don't know what happened, but it was a wonderful chaos. Actually, she was watching us <laughs> messing with the electronics. <laughs> Everything was breaking down. Uh-huh. She's like, it's a wonderful chaos. And we were like... She didn't, she didn't say it like that, by the but way. But we, we named the show at that moment. Yeah, we were she, like... That's the show name, A Wonderful Chaos. She baptized us. Yes, thank you, Natalie. We'll be ever grateful for that. Very. Did you read her message, though? I have I have forever replaced I should with I choose to, and it makes such a difference. Leave that on. Leave that on for a moment. That statement is the heart of the show for me. It's very empowering. I have forever replaced I should with I choose to, and it makes such a difference. Or, it, or I want to say something else. I choose not to. Mm. Because even if I choose not to work out for the next half a year, it's a choice I'm making without shame or guilt or remorse. Or there might be guilt, but I'm also allowing those consequences yes, to be there. I'm allowing those consequences. Just because I choose for something doesn't mean it feels good. True. Nice. Yeah. It's far less reactive and it's a proactive and it's a it's it's heightening the consciousness. And I choose I feel spaciousness as opposed to the first two statements. Yeah. Yeah, and I um what I've seen in the people who use the should a lot is there's often uh like a, a circular motion and how the movement goes. So the, the, the progression doesn't move very quickly because they call it like, it's almost like a tumble dryer. Yeah. You're tumbling around, but you're not really moving in any specific direction so that you can get directionality. You're stuck. You're stuck. You said it earlier. Mm. And you'll immediately say, if you say I should, then you can almost feel your brain gets a little foggy. You're getting out of the victim mode. Yeah, but that would victim might label it as a negative, and I would rather stay with the experience of it. Yeah, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the experience because so, we're not judging these words. No, no, no. It's just a, it's just the implication of using those words. There's certain behavior that you can see. <laughs> nice. It's the it's often what I'll often want to distinguish when I say we can make it personal. I don't trust you, or I can make it less personal or impersonal, where I say there's behavior which shows that this is not to be trusted. Mm. The personal, when I say I don't trust you, basically I'm already creating them to be not trustworthy yeah, and less able to interact with an individual. So, yeah, that would be at least what I say. So, Natalie, I completely agree, and that's the heart of this show, is that in using the word I should, you immediately shift your brain to or if you use the word i choose to you immediately shift i would say a lot of things in your life yeah and what what you called me earlier when Mm -hmm. i used the word victim yeah it's really beautiful because that's how i see you living also how's that not to put value judgments onto words no or situations so you you kind of pulled me out of that one 
Yeah, I think that's what Case, as I mentioned often on the show, he often <laughs> would force me to be really heightened my awareness around the words I was using and what the implication of those words were. Case was his mentor. Case is my mentor. And any word that became a label, which then would take me away from an experience because now I could project onto a person, yeah. he'd stop me from doing. Nice. And he'd push me back to my own experience where I could stay connected with myself and then with the other as well, right? Mm. Because there will be people watching the show that use the word I should, and they shouldn't be judging themselves for it. They should be aware that there's a process that occurs when they do that. Yeah. So, so this, this reminds me of uh, mm. the Facebook page, and it's fucking great. I should be, and it's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said it very randomly, actually. Yeah, we but... should go into it deeper. I like that you yeah. said, brought it forward. So I think the, the for those, we, we've mentioned it a lot. If you haven't been there, it's well worth a visit. It's a group on Facebook that's hashtag and it's fucking great. One word. One word altogether. And the intention of the group is for an individual to take the things which they say I should too and uh, give a ground to give it a place. I should be eating better and I'm not and it's fucking great. And the outlet in that group is basically to let go of the shame and the feelings of of just regret or remorse or whatever the whatever the discomfort is that's 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 uh, connected to a, a feeling or an emotion or thought. Yeah, yeah. And as if someone posts something, the intention for the rest of the group is to just hold space, and that means we're not going to message the person and say, "Hey, let me solve your problems." No, silent empathy. That's silent what the, empathy. one of the one of the people who joined the group said. I feel like this is silent empathy. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the if if one wants to move away from, or let's put it this way, if you find yourself, if you hear yourself using that language, then what you probably can start to ask yourself is, what is the thing that's most uncomfortable for me to say right now? I, I can't. Fully, I give you an example. Yeah, yeah. So let's say last year I was gaining weight. I gained six to seven kilos during the COVID time. I know. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I, I was trying to hug him and I was like, jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, you were late. You were losing weight. I was just compensating for the weight you were losing so we could get closer. Um, but, but I gained those seven kilos during the COVID time. Yeah. And if I was more uh, uh, talking to myself in the should environment, I would have said, Andy, you should be working out. Andy, you should be eating better. Andy, you should, should, should. Now, in that state, if I, you said to me, Andy, what is the shame or guilt? Is that I'm getting fat and I don't like who I'm becoming and it's fucking great. That would have been what was behind the should. The should would have been the feeling I don't want to feel, which is I'm losing touch with my body and I'm not connected to how it feels to feel good in my body and it's fucking great. Mm. I would have allowed myself to feel that pain. Yeah. And that's where the group would have served me because in doing that, it would have gotten me feeling more comfortable to go on the journey that I'm now on, which is self-care. Nice. Yeah. Which surprised people, by the way, when I, when I called it self-care, not self-discipline. Self-care. Yeah. And I feel that way. I don't feel I'm more disciplined. I feel I'm taking care of myself more which is quite an interesting, a, a, a different way of looking at the same, um, the same uh, uh, thing. 
me walking every day is self-care. Discipline kind of has a kind of, I'm pushing myself. Yeah, exactly. And the self-care is like, I'm giving myself an opportunity to walk and to enjoy the outdoors and to take care of my body. And that, that feels very, it's a, a, a more of a positive way of engaging it. Which what the the word belief is kind of vibrating in the back of my head, right? Okay. If I if I hear the should and shouldn't, uh-huh. the root would be I have a belief. Yeah, 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 yeah. The should and the should already is a belief. There's a belief behind it. Yeah. Nice. So, and and Andy Andy has this thing. If anyone starts to. A statement with the word "I believe," he says, "I'm not interested." <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. That's not true. No, if they say to me, "What do you believe?" Like Andy, do you believe? If they ask me if I have, yeah, yeah. I already say no before they finish the sentence. You know, I, I'm trying to see how sharp he is. He's sharp. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> testing me. Oh yeah, because everyone gets to have their lives. I get to have my life, and and uh, I mean. I see a lot of that. Uh, once people get a really strong belief around any subject, they look for camaraderie around that belief. They want you to believe the same thing. They'll say, do you believe it? Do you not believe it? And I'm like, guys, I don't, I don't want to have any belief which takes me away from being connected. Because if I have a belief, that means I have to defend it to you. I don't want to defend anything. I don't have any. It's not, I'm present with me and you right now. Mm. It, could COVID kill you? Yes. Could it be a farce? Yes. Could it be the worst thing that's ever happened? Yes. I'll just trust it all. It's all there. And I'll take precautions as I feel necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone that fo- imposes a view on me, then I think, yeah, I understand it. I don't argue with you, but I also am not going to adopt it for myself because I see it c- takes me away from connection with myself. Right. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Mm, that's how I live. It doesn't make everyone happy, but I tend to be happy. And that's all that I really spend most of my time thinking about is am I centered? Yeah. Are you? Feel more so now. I, I just want to appreciate Bulelang. I mean, the way he supports us is he'll be watching us on YouTube and on yes. Facebook. And Post, tries- <laughs> I love you, Bulelang. Let's, uh, let's see. He did make some comments here. In regards with what is being discussed today, is there a difference between should and must? Hmm. I can... Share a little bit if you when you feel it into really, it. Really subtle. I'm I must have like if I say it to myself, it feels like there's a bit of determination behind it. And I must do and, that. And it feels a little more embodied. Feels more embodied. Yeah. And I should is more the forced. Is more the forced. More the, the I can sense that there'll be more blame or or something behind it that it the not the the uh the judgment energy. Yeah. I must is like Oh, I must get around to making sure that the house is cleaned or that the I must take care of the car. Mm. It's almost like I'm reminding myself of the thing without uh, feeling, but that's just how I engage those words. Uh, um, but but l- let's see. I'm I'm I must I, I think it also depends on how you and the intonation and the intention and, the intention, and yeah. how you speak to yourself. Sure. I do feel like there's a nuance. In my case, whenever I use I must, which I don't even think I do use that often, it would be associated more with the task or something that uh, feels lighter. I should tends to feel like it has judgment loading for me. Hmm. But an interesting, uh, interesting distinction that he brings in. And we've got a third one or another one from if someone who knows the limitation of I should hears me saying it on its fucking great, how do they bring my attention to it? So you're asking, 
if the group, how the group can help you see that using should is not necessarily serving you. And I can tell you how I would do it. So if Bolalong wrote, I should lose 10 pounds and it's fucking great, then I would probably write something like, should you or should you not? And it's fucking great. Or something like, um, or, or just the play with the idea that the use of the word is actually something that doesn't need, that, that already confines you a little bit. So that would be at least one thing I would play with, I guess, if, I, if he was in the group. But it would be a little bit on the edge of coaching or helping. So, yeah. I don't think you should respond. Yeah, I probably wouldn't respond. Because then you'll be going against the rules of the group. <laughs> I break my own rules. I've yeah. done that before. I should lose weight and it's fucking great. And let him sit with mm. that. Um, there was something that, that if we go back to Natalie's statement of to say I choose and not, uh, and not I should, there's something in, in, in that phrasing I also wanted to discuss. Now, I've never done any of the programs like the NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Programming which basically teach you the language you use, defines how you work and think. And, and I know a lot of people have, and I'm sure it's beneficial, of course, as well. Uh, but I mean, I, I just use my own NLP in sense of what I see and how it affects my own mental state of my mind. Yeah. And there's a word I'll often use, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because you see me pointing at it. What, what makes you laugh before I say anything? Because you've said it so many times to me. Today or in the past? In the past. Okay. And the word is? Priming the brain. Priming the brain. And I'd like to hear, before I say anything, what is it you associate with when I, when I use this word? Oh, I used to be someone who was very direct, like boof. Uh -huh. And he's, you would tell me sometimes, like, first kiss and then have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Prime the brain. <laughs> of the other person you're working with. Yeah. Yeah, kiss before you try to have sex. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so that's what you associate with my word of prime. Well, the, the last time we spoke, I remember. <laughs> so in, to bring it down to another language for others that don't understand our inside baseball jokes, priming the brain would be, for me, how we define who we are through a language. It's like a language loop. And by using that language, we create our reality. And we don't even know we're creating it. So when Natalie said, I turned my, my la language from I, what was the word? I should to I choose. Mm -hmm. What happens is she primes her brain and you immediately see how you interact differently with the content after it. And that's the, that's the power of language is that we're training ourselves through our use of language which primes our brain to behave in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, and I often, you know, I'm writing the next book now and I've dedicated a chapter to priming. Yeah. Do you know why it's not written yet? No, it's here. It's here. I actually write a two chapters a day. I've got 22 chapters written now on his phone, on my phone. It's really a beautiful writing. I do. I do love to write in bed on the iPhone. It's really a, it's a very intimate way to, to, to write. Yeah. So yeah, the priming is important. Not with you, Bambas. So uh, there's an, this, this show, by the way, had two words. It had, I should, 
and it had I think. And I wanted to 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 distinguish between these two because I think has an entire world which is in some ways very different than I should. When someone says I think to me, mm-hmm. and they start talking, I, I I really have to move out of my body okay. and into my head. And as you know, I'm not very comfortable being in my head to kind of grasp what they're trying to say. Mm. And what I've been doing more and more is also just feel like I had a friend, she called me, she was in a kind of a pickle. Okay. She's talking a lot and it's, it's all from the idea of how life should be. So it's a lot of, I think, yeah. And I just noticed she wasn't saying anything that was grounded. I'm like, oh, she just needs to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as she's talking, I started to feel how her words make me feel mm. in my body. And as she's talking, the more suffocated I feel. Like there's, yeah. a, there's a closure in my chest. And I stopped her at some point. I'm like, listen, just let me check in with you. Like as I'm listening to you, all I feel is tension in my body. Mm. How is it for you? <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, I'm. Yeah. When you when you asked me, I stopped breathing. I'm like, yeah. So, how? Like, tell me more about the feeling. And then we started talking more about the feeling as opposed to the thinking, the, the content. Mm. And once we got to the feeling, the the crying started from her. Yeah, end. I cried too, just because I could feel that her pain was really coming almost from her womb, yeah, yeah. deep inside. Mm. And it, and it, it, it felt like it wasn't even hers. It was like really from past, past yeah. stuff. Yeah, and that 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 that's kind of even another show uh, show topic, which is going into empathetic connecting, right? Where you're feeling so connected to what the other person's saying is that you're embodying the feelings that come up that you're actually feeling in them. Yeah, and. Mm. Just, just to come back, okay. I, I really understood what you would say. I don't always listen to what people are saying, but I'm feeling the energy which carry their words, and I'm seeing mm-hmm. how that makes me feel. Yeah. So it didn't feel like I was dishonoring her. Actually, I thought I was more in service by tuning into what she was saying as opposed to trying to understand her Yeah. and asking her a hundred questions. Do you mean this? Do you mean that? <laughs> Pushing it more in her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, you, you, you navigated it beautifully, I think, from how you've explained it. Yeah. Um, I was trying to connect it back. I don't know what, where I lost. Uh... Oh, we didn't even start. We just said, I think, and I shared how it is for me. Oh, yeah. I like to always, I enjoy going into the feeling as opposed to the thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the, I think, has bigger ramifications for me that I see often in my work. So, um, so I mentor a lot of CEOs mm. and the humor is a lot of CEOs when you, when, when I'll do my assessment have very low certainty scores and that doesn't sound, that doesn't make sense on face value. CEOs have low, low certainty scores. Certainty. Yeah. So they're making decisions, but they're not always certain. But yeah, but they'll have a low score of certainty. So what's on the other side of the scale? The other sky, the, 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 their certainty can be high or low, right? It's just yeah. that that's the scale, high, okay, okay. high or low certainty. I thought we were doing, okay, no. Yeah. So 
what, what, what was funny, and it took me a while to get this. I didn't, it's like, it was like almost like a, a certainly was a blind spot is that I found that very smart people understand that everything is contextual. So they have a very hard time being certain about anything because they know that they can see through their own arguments. So what would work in one situation doesn't work in another situation. So they'll say, I think. So they're, they're, they got to the top of their business. They run large organizations and they'll still often say, I think. And I'll look at them wondering what makes them say, I think. And then they'll say, yeah, because this is my reality, but I don't know what anyone else's reality is. And everyone has their own reality. And then, and then all of a sudden it diffuses the level of certainty. Mm. Wow. And it happens a lot. It's so much so that it became a pattern I was recognizing. That's quite an impressive discovery. It, it blew me away. I was like, what, why is it that I'm interacting with all these people that are very successful but have low certainty scores? And that's what I was discovering is that they live in this constant gray area of there is no real truth because truth is relative because everyone has their own version of it. But do they articulate it like that? No. 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 But well, that's, what I, that's what I learned over time. And what, what I saw was that embodying the I see, I cannot deny, right, which are two other ways of stating what you're experiencing without claiming truth over it, was not an easy step for them to make. Hmm. So I, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'll say it once again. I see or I can't deny. I can't deny that how we've run the business over the last year is not serving us and we need to change something. As opposed to, I think that there's some things we could change to make things run better. The second one feels more insecure. Yeah. And, and I'll see a lot of the people I'll mentor will speak from the second and not from the first. Which is more empowering. Which is more empowering. And, and taking responsibility. Taking responsibility. It's, it's, owning, it's owning your experience without diminishing anyone, anyone else's experience. Mm, nice. and, and that's the hard thing I've found with the I think is the I think will often, um, it'll often not claim the strength of what you actually are seeing or feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'll trust more a feeling because it's an experience that you're having in the moment. Yeah. And, it, and it's kind of tangible because you're like, I feel it. I can't deny it, but I'm open to explore if there's something else there. But I think again comes from a belief and it's not grounded in a, in the present reality. Yeah. Nice. Um, and, uh, and so the, the, I think, as I mentioned, then is one of those words. If I see it come up two or three times as I'm working with somebody in a higher position, I can already anticipate the challenges that people that work for this individual will have. <laughs> Cause if you get someone in a leadership role saying, I think then the people underneath them will often feel them to be less reliable. Yeah. Like I can't trust you. Yeah. Or they say he's not clear. Oh yeah. He's not clear. He's not clear. Yeah. yeah. And then what I've often experienced was something that case, my mentor, we always declare, he would say to me once. And I remember there were very few times he screamed and shouted at me. But one of the times he screamed and shouted at me was when we were on a metal boat in the middle of the eye 
and there was a storm coming. I didn't realize that when lightning strikes something on the middle of the sea, it'll strike your boat because you're the lowest point that it can resolve on. So he's like, Andy, you got to get to the to the shore so that we're not the highest point. But what he taught me in that same moment was he said, when you steer a boat, Andy, you've got to not meander. Because I was like, I was tacking and jibing almost in a single direction. Okay. And what that meant is all the boats around me didn't know really where I was going because I wasn't dedicating a direction. So you're so, creating confusion. So people could navigate around me. So I was creating confusion. So one of those big lessons I learned that was kind of a metaphorical lesson, and I don't even think he necessarily intended it that way, but that's the way I took it, was that unless you declare the direction you're going in very clearly, the world will look at you and wonder and say, where the hell is he going? Yeah, yeah. And that's where the think can come in in a leadership role is that people are like, show me what direction you're going. I need to navigate around you. And if you don't show me, then I'm interpreting and guessing and you look a bit sloppy. I don't even know what the hell you're trying to go or what you're trying to do. Yeah. There's another reason why when they use I think, they might think it's a safe, it's safe mm -hmm. because it prevents you from taking a real risk by naming we're going to do this. Yeah. There's consequences. And not everyone is willing to take those consequences. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I wasn't really listening to you. I was looking at a comment and I just said something because I didn't know what to say to you. <laughs> which, which comment? I was you? looking to, to David Kaiser's comment. Thank you for recognizing that, Bambos. Yeah, of course. When using I see, aren't you making projections onto situations? I see. More so than if you would be using I feel. When would you make the distinction between using I see or I feel? David Kaiser, I never want you to ever use the word I feel the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> Keep in mind, I love David Kaiser and I know David Kaiser well. So when I say I see, I'm not declaring truth. I'm not declaring that I'm limited in what I'm seeing. I'm actually, like I just said, I'm in the water giving people a clear vision of where I'm steering. And by giving them a clear vision of where I'm steering, they can navigate around me. I'm transparent. I'm most likely vulnerable because in saying I see, I see that when we interact, I often shut down. Mm. I see that we've gone out five times and each time it's ended in an argument. I see that there's things I'd like to tell you, but I have a really hard time saying them. Yeah. I'm showing an observation of what I'm seeing and I'm not giving a value to it. And that might be where, um, where David uh, is wondering. And it's a distinction. When I say, I see, I'm pointing at an observation. I'm not saying I'm right. You're wrong. This is the way it is. It's really declaring myself. Yeah. And, and the word I feel is really connected to a feeling. A lot of people say, I feel that you're lying. Yeah. As opposed to, I feel that when you make that statement, I, it makes me feel like my heart is beating really fast. Like connecting it to an actual physical sensation would be the impact and you, you start it with a feeling. Yeah. But I see, 
it's just an observation. observation. I I wouldn't have been able to articulate that because I never use it. I I observe. My challenge, and my challenge has always been there with the word I feel, is I've seen the word I feel so misused that I'm kind of allergic to it. And I've been around these couples that have non, done nonviolent communication, <laughs> and and uh, and then they'll use it. Can, can you give examples? Oh, just to uh, I've seen the dynamic. Um, I feel that you're projecting onto me right now. Yeah, yeah, but I feel that you're not really listening to me. Yeah, yeah, but I feel that the ten times I tried to talk to you, you haven't been actually t- paying any attention and you haven't really cared about me yeah but i feel so so the correct word would be i'm projecting <laughs> yeah the, the correct word would be it would be i feel is being used as a term that they learned in a class or a course which they can hide behind as if everything i say after i feel is permissible because in the language of i feel i've learned that this means that it's not necessarily true but it's how i feel now, if one embodies that, I'm totally in. But what I see is a lot of times people don't embody it and they use it anyways. I, Bambos, I feel like you're an asshole. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay. And, and like, it's almost like, what's the difference between me saying you're an asshole or I say, I feel like you're an asshole? It's, it's really. How does it feel to be an asshole, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> Randy G. Kali, I, He's a he's be he's a new guest. Oh, great! Hi, Randy. I, I feel G. like you're such a is not a feeling or even a sensation. It's just pure projection. Yeah, and defended by the inviolable feel. NVC and NLP are not really about projection. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Uh, by the way, I have no doubts that when things are done in their purest form, they're actually. Great. My issue is always people take a course and they go out of the course and then I meet them. And then I'm like, all I do is I see you projecting on people using lingo. (laughs) So whatever the course taught you, I don't see it acted or behaving in a way where it's congruent and grounded and and, and taking personal responsibility. Because I'm always about, I get to have my feelings, but my feelings have nothing to do with you. But I've seen, unfortunately, in some of the training people that have come out that they haven't behaved that way. But that's of every course, so I can't pick. I can't. I can't pick on any single one and say it's bad. I can only say I've had these experiences. Yeah. yeah. But thank you. I always think it's important to note that these the the people who founded and created this beautiful curriculum they were very clear on what they were pointing at, and I don't see people always utilizing them uh, in ways that I see embodied, and that's my judgment. I I totally own that. Thank you, Randy. Yeah. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. David Kaiser, thank you for laughing. I appreciate and love you, brother. Love you, David. Yes. I'm, um, when I jokingly said to David earlier, if you say, I see and stay from the observation, then that allows you to say, you see it without claiming it to be truth. And I'd like just to make that as a clear statement. I think that sometimes people don't understand that they can own their experience without making it personal as if it's truth, as if it is the the only thing that 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 mm. uh, that that exists yeah there's something else and uh-huh. because w- when we say i feel i feel sad or i'm feeling when you share that it makes me feel da 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 yeah sometimes the speaker will take the feeling seriously and also there's a trap there uh, which we don't have there's no space to explore mm. 
what's actually happening there. So even even saying I feel this when you say that is mm. can also be used as a way blindly and can be quite manipulative. Does that make sense? You know what, Bambos? I'm so sorry. On this show, I'm so lost and I always look at these comments. So I, I wasn't listening to you. I love it. I'm then so must not have, I'm not gonna repeat that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me today. I'm not present with you. I'm so sorry. I'm just like getting pulled into these comments. And, and it's fucking great. Yeah, and it's great. Guys, I feel you are now making us like we have to take more advanced <laughs> courses apart from basic ones. Okay, Volalong, for $9.99, you can join <laughs> us. And what we're going to do is we're going to teach you how to be embodied in Five all steps. your ang- in all your language <laughs> skills. First of all, we're going to get rid of any skills that push you away from being centered and connected to yourself. Then we're going to move into the five advanced techniques. Five words that'll change your life. And pick up any woman that you want. <laughs> Maybe have family number three. For $9.99, just now. If you order now, Volalang. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I apologize to any viewers if we run through terms or methodologies that are not known to you. And uh, it's uh, we fill an hour... We actually, Bambos and I don't discuss it the hour before we begin. So we sit, we write a topic, and we decide to discuss it for an hour. And that's not an easy thing to do. So, uh, and sometimes we won't meet where the listener is. I'm, so I, I just want to let them know that we might go way faster than is uh, is suitable for how the listener is mm. Yeah. Thank you for making us aware of that, Bolalong. That's not an easy thing to track when you're in doing what we do. Well, it is a live show and you can always rewatch it. <laughs> or you can ask a question like, what the hell does this mean? <laughs> Randy writes back, totally have the same observation. Nice. Radical self-empowerment and personal accountability are hot. Nonviolent communication as a real practice is not about projection. The list of feelings and needs is completely different. There's no way these people have done nonviolent communication. Yeah, that's a nice one. But you're going to laugh, Randy. I met a guy who did nonviolent communication, and he was the most passive-aggressive communicator I'd ever met in my life. So he had done it. He actually was higher level up. And it's it's so unfortunate because that's the people I get to meet. (laughs) It's like life sends me the guy who did it, who's a practitioner, a teacher, and then they're totally... Passive aggressive in their in their communication style, which tells me they're not connected. Yeah, and that's that's unfortunately been my experience, Randy. Which and 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 that you know, it, I think it's so sad because a lot of these programs obviously are so valuable. But if you meet those individuals, they're the people who reflect whether you are going to be attracted to them or not. You know, yeah. So I, but thank you for noting it because I do. I, what I learned in my journey was that um and I and I and I do my best not to do it. It's so easy to be dismissive of very good tools and skills because you look at it through the lens of people who maybe aren't using them well. And that's why I, I often like t- talking to the founders of skills, not the practitioners of those skills. Because you'll notice the founders had such an insight and a wisdom that allowed them to build it. Beautiful. What should we do now? Yes. Actually, I... um, What do you think? (laughs) We've got eight minutes on our show. 
Yeah. We cover everything? I mean, I've got other things to discuss, but sometimes I like spaciousness to come in for us just to kind of pull out new thoughts. Something that did come up on was, uh, which was from also, I believe it was maybe Randy earlier, which I kind of liked, was changing the terminology to I will. Yeah, there. Oh, oh, I didn't see it. That's a, oh, yeah. yeah. Randy mentioned that as well. Yeah. And, and I, um, from I want to I will. I love that shift. Mm. Yeah. And what I do like about using language is that I get to experience myself after having said something like I will. I will lose 10 pounds or 10 kilos this year. Mm. Like that's such an empowering feeling for me right or now. Or I won't shave my beard. Till I'm 90 kilos. Yeah. How many kilos are you? I'm at 91 kilos this morning. So, ladies and gentlemen, when this beard gets trimmed... We know it's 90 kilos. Ronnie cannot... She's counting the days down. Let me tell you that. She doesn't like your beard. She hates it. She hates it. She says it makes me look like an old fisherman. I can see why she would say that. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, that that's the that that that. So I will. I love shifting. I will. And what I what I think is beautiful about using words is I often say I will say sentences so I can feel how they make me feel, and then I learn a lot about myself in in reflecting on how a sentence will make me feel. I mean, I mean, we're talking about the power of words, right? Yeah. And, and there was this. Uh... Japanese scientist, I forgot his name, and he wrote a book, Messages from Water. He would take water crystals, okay, put them in um, like isolated conditions. He'd put a label, I love you, I hate you, and then put these crystals under microscopes and see what the impact of these words, music, and obviously the one with words, if it's not obvious, will be vibrant and alive, and the one with hate Mm-hmm. will be kind of distorted. And when I hear you speak, I can imagine the I should, and we said in the beginning, it, it, it comes with an emotion and how that impacts us since we're also 70% water, right? Mm. Does that make sense? It does. And I have something totally random to say to you. You didn't hear a word I said? No, no, no. I was totally listening. You didn't get it? Oh, no, no, no. I got it. You saw... No, Cass Midgley, our audio engineer, told me that we've talked about water on the show before. And he said that test that we've just, you just described has been disproven several times over. And he said to me, I cut out any time you've mentioned water in the past. You're joking. I swear to you. No, no. All of our shows, when we discuss this phenomena, he's cut out. And Interesting. I, and I said it's his it's his prerogative. He gets to decide what gets in and out of the show. Oh yeah, sure. No, no, I got that. But isn't that funny? So there's a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and he took water. <laughs> so Cass, uh, this is one of these beautiful moments. We love you. Um, Bambos still has a feeling that there is an association with water molecules and how we interact with them. I, I now have to go into my house and remove the old I love you <laughs> and 
I love you. <laughs> Edith's offer is jumping on the train here. She says it has been disproven. Come on, where are there going to be someone to support Bombas? Don't leave him hanging out to dry right now. Or I should. I should. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he's told me that for for those that aren't aware or are aware, our audio engineer, he had a show called Everyone's Agnostic, which has got over a million listeners. He shouldn't be editing our show. He's way too good for us. But he's with us, and I love him. And if you haven't heard his show, please check him out. He also made our song. He also made our song. Every time you hear the jingle, he sang all the four voices, which I couldn't believe until he told me that he actually sang all the voices on the show. And when um, when when he um, let me see, Bolalong is mentioning something, so I want to see what he says. This mention of water should not be cut out because it's directing attention to the issue. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe it doesn't get cut out because we're discussing it now instead of um, instead of letting it be. So you're right, Bolalong, but. Interesting that Bolalong's name comes up because Bolalong and Cass Mitchell are very similar in their uh, frustration with a church which has suppressed so much scientific thought that when they finally come out the back end, they're like, hey, no one can suppress or tell me what did or didn't happen anymore. Mm. And Cass Midgley, as I experience him, I can't talk. He's not on the show right now. He's often said these are the beliefs that he's also associated with the church which is why he has strong beliefs about him. Mm. Funny. Which is just nice to share. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. No more. No more water. No water. Until it's been scientifically proven by someone other than the Chinese guy or the Japanese guy. Japanese guy. <laughs> uh, wow. He really uh, ran with that one. When Cass or who? No, the Japanese guy. It really became a thing. It became a big thing. I know. And, I, and I'm sure that there'd be a lot of people listening to this podcast that would argue on his behalf. I'm, I'm sure of it, right? That's how, that's how things work. It's uh, people have a, a, an idea and then other people support the idea. But, um, yeah, I'm curious, uh, mm. you know, where we end up on that one. Time will tell. Mm. What a great time to be together. I really enjoyed being with you today. I messaged you yesterday saying how grateful I am that we get to spend an hour every day together. Yeah, and I was really grateful to receive that from you. Thank you to the dear friend who had this come up as a show idea. Oh, <laughs> you don't say the name. I wrote, as I was with this friend and having the discussion, I wrote this down. I told him, I need to take a note right now because I'm going to forget the show idea unless I write it down. So, And I really enjoyed the show. Yeah, It was really sweet to, to dig no into this. I had no clue where it was going to take us. Okay. Thank you for the regulars, Iris Bulelang, Randy. Thanks for joining for the first time. David Kaiser, David Kaiser, it's been JC a long time. Barnett. We love you, Natalie. Natalie for joining us. Oh, it's like a family we have out there, yeah. Bubbles. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way. Oh.